Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. East Coast time. Hopefully you all slept in, you're waking up, whatever time it might be. Maybe you gave yourself some extra hours of sleep or you're waking up early, hitting the grind like myself, whatever it might be. I hope you slept well. You know, hope you had a good night. Hopefully maybe you watched all the way up into the Lakers game. Maybe you watched whatever was going on or you were just chilling. But now you're here, you're starting your day, your backpack's on, your jacket is all zipped up, you're cracking your neck and you're ready to go because you got NBA DFS for another four game slate that we actually have information on after the game one series on Monday for these games. Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's going on, everybody? I'm pumped that you're all here. We're going to break it down yet again. We have more information on injury news, and there has been some impactful injury news uh, from a couple of teams in the playoffs so far. Big one is going to happen today in Boston. We'll cover that as we always do. We'll go over into the target offense sheet. We'll take a look at these Vegas totals. We'll take a look at the pace metrics, how these teams match up, and we'll go into what is going to be early interest. I just finished projecting the minutes for today. I feel very good. I have early interest set. The projections, I'll just tweak some things, and those will be up probably by the time that you're watching this. Maybe, I don't know, around 8 30, 9 o'clock for the first round of projections. First game starts at 1 30. You're sitting there. It's like NCAA. Again, the backpack's on, the jacket zipped up, your eyes are on the screen. Maybe you got some glasses. I got my blue light glasses here that might help. I think they're full of shit. I think they're fugazi. But whatever, we're back again. And for the one person in the comment section who said I got a fake New York accent, no, usually I do these videos in a room where my girlfriend's in the other room, I'm in the living room. But since we got the new apartment, I got my own office, so I can speak loudly. I can speak in the mornings with a lot of energy. And that's when my New York accent does come out, as I was born and raised in Staten Island, New York, parents from Brooklyn, New York. So don't come here with the bullshit in the comment section telling me who I am. You could take yourself and very kindly skadoodle out of the comment section with that kind of negativity. But here we are. We're back. We're ready to go. And we're going to start it off before we get into it. Please like button for me one time if you're feeling this, if you're excited for another day of basketball, if you're ripping your hair out because of some things that have happened with Christoph Porzingis the first night and now he's back on the slate, maybe some guys in foul trouble yesterday. If you're looking for some good, let's just call it variance, luck, right? Give me the like button, hit the big old subscribe button because you're going to get even more luck if you do that. Bottom right hand corner helps this channel grow, approaching 25,000 subscribers as we are now just three weeks away from the NFL season. I cannot wait. Right now, we got the NBA playoffs. So let's break on down into it, and we're going to start with the injury and status dashboard for this four-game playoff slate. Game two of the first round for these teams and the injury and status dashboard, as always, is brought to you by Superdraft and Superdraft. Right now, you can get 50% deposit match up to $1,000 Ruskies. Normally, it's like 50. Normally, it's like $100 Ruskies, right? Is where you can get that 50% deposit match up to. But now it's $1,000 Ruskies. So here's the deal. You go over there, Superdraft. It's a multiplier format. I project out projections for the NBA over on Superdraft, as well as DraftKings, my top values. I'm looking at it right now, actually. You can look at all those things. It's linked up down below on Patreon. They actually yesterday came out with an offer for annual memberships. I've been pushing for this. So now if you're the 50% of people who stay on Patreon for a year, you like all sports, you're there all year, you're not just seasonal, you can actually save two months worth of free content. So you pay for 10 months, you get the full 12 months locked in. So if you're interested in that, or if you are a patron who is already interested in staying on for the year, but didn't see the offer yesterday that I posted, be sure to check that out as well today. But all that's linked up down below. Superdraft, the multiplier format is really going to be a, it's a different way. It's very innovative. That's why I like supporting these people. They're very open about what they're doing. It seems like they have a pretty clear vision and goal for this product Just completely be different. It's very projection heavy based. And then obviously ownership factors in a little bit. But what you're going to get over there is contests that aren't filling, especially for all sports. Now with the NBA going on, even if the NBA with the playoffs is filling NHL contests, golf contests, MLB contests are not filling. So you're getting some overlay, you're getting some rake free nights. So that's a good spot to be in. So be sure to check out Superdraft. The promo code SAL, my name, SAL, 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So if you want to go ahead and you want to start out with just a $20 deposit, I think the minimum is 10, $20 deposit, they give you an extra $10. Bam, you got $30 in your account. If you're a heavy roller and you're throwing three figures in there, $100 Ruskies, you'll get an extra 50 bucks right included. So be sure to check that out. Superdraft, proud sponsor of the injury and status 
dashboard today. Starting in Utah, Mike Conley is still going to be out. He had the birth of, I believe, his son, but just call it a child to be safe there. But he's back in the bubble, but he has to quarantine for, I believe, those 10 days now. So he might be back for a game seven. I don't know how this is going to work out, depending on how long the series lasts, maybe a game six, but he's not going to be back today. And what that's going to leave us with is, once again, Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, Emmanuel Moutier. And for the most part, last time you saw an overtime game. So if you take out the overtime and you just kind of look at the game flows there, Jordan Clarkson did not start. It was Joan Morgan and people reached out to me on Discord, reached out to me on Patreon. We're like, oh my God, Clarkson not starting. And that immediately to me was the opposite thinking. And that's a good thing. He's going to have better usage on the second unit. He went out, he played honestly very so-so, but he still got us there. He played huge minutes. I'm expecting Clarkson to play. I think I have him at 33 minutes today. He was going to play or he did play like 34 minutes in the last game. If you take out all the overtime stuff. So he looks fine. Donovan Mitchell obviously gets a benefit from no Conley and Bojan because he's just going to have more overall usage. Emmanuel Moutier gets the benefit of just being on the court a little bit more. The big thing that I do want to call out here is that Donovan Mitchell just had a career game in overtime. But even if you take out overtime, his fourth quarter was very high usage. His fourth quarter was just, he was he was unconscious, similar to Jamal Murray at some points. Jamal Murray was just probably better. But Donovan Mitchell, right now we have a huge sample of 640 minutes without Mike Conley and Boya Bandanovich on the court this season. And he's a 1.21 fantasy point per minute producer, 30% usage rate, a 25% assist percentage, 13.3% defensive rebounding rate. So with Donovan Mitchell's price now up to the 9K range, do not be jumping head over heels. It's still in play because the guy's going to push for 40 minutes, right? The minutes are up there. So these these high price points for all of these studs, honestly, are in play when Mitchell, instead of playing his normal 34 minutes a night, is now playing 38 to 40 minutes a night. That gets you there more times than not. But the price point did jump to 9,200 because of a career high overtime performance. I want you to ease the expectations a little bit. And honestly, a guy like Clarkson will talk about his price point just has not changed all that much. In 443 minutes without Bojan or Mike Conley on the court, he's at 0.97 fantasy point per minute producer. I have him below that today and just giving him 32 minutes. He looks fantastic at like a $4,700 price tag. It's just hard to ignore at this point, getting back to Clarkson yet again. And also it's going to be impacted a little bit Royce O'Neal, but keep in mind in the last game, Royce O'Neal was actually in foul trouble pretty early on. So he was a cheapie that we all jumped to. And obviously he was like the one cheapie that day that really didn't pay off. OG and Anobi paid off. Jordan Clarkson played off. There might've been another player that day, but you get a guy in Royce O'Neal who's going to average a little bit over 0.6 fantasy points per minute. He was on pace to play 32 to 34 minutes in that last game. Foul trouble just got the best of him. So I'm fine going back to him in Royce O'Neal. It's just a little bit uh, scary since he blew up a lot of people last time and he's not the most consistent player by any means. In Boston, Gordon Hayward is going to miss four weeks with an ankle. We saw him on crutches leaving that last game. That wasn't great. This is probably going to jump Marcus Smart into the starting rotation. All of the Boston players are playing huge minutes. I mean, I'm talking 40 minutes plus for Jason Tatum, right around 40 minutes for a guy in Jalen Brown. You had Kemba Walker playing 35, even though he's been limited the entire bubble. So that's like as if he was playing 40 for normal run. So that's good to see. But now you're going to probably get Marcus Smart into the starting rotation and pushing pushing 40 minutes to play himself. I gave him 38. He played 32 in the last one off the bench. You probably also get a little bit extra run for Brad Wanamaker. I'm currently projecting a guy in semi Ojale to crack into the rotation now for 15 minutes after not playing in the last game because to try and soak up some of those Gordon Hayward minutes, giving a couple of them to a guy like Grant Williams as well, and then also giving like six to eight of them to Marcus Smart as he enters the starting rotation. Somewhat of a bump for Marcus Smart as well, but I like Marcus Smart now more because you're going to get more minutes. Kemba because the fantasy point per minute production increases, and then all these guys will be impacted to an extent. Still no Gary Harris, still no Will Barton. Barton out indefinitely, and these guys got ruled out midway through yesterday. So this is not great when they're getting ruled out completely the day before. Not even questionable tags and then ruled out. So it doesn't seem like they're all that close yet. What you're going to get is just more Monty Morris, 
and more MPJ continuing to start for 30 to 32 plus minutes without Will Barton, Torrey Craig, and then Dozier, who I think I just have him without the R right now. So we'll fix that. So that's what's happening in Denver. And then lastly, Christoph Porzingis is questionable. I don't expect him to miss. He was questionable heading into the last game with a knee injury. It's not like they're resting him because they rested him for the playoffs. But if anything was to happen, Maxi Kleber, Dorian Finney-Smith, Michael K. Giltris would even have to get dusted off. And then we know that Luca's fantasy point per minute production would just hit an all-time high whenever Christoph's is not on the court. So that's where we're at. There's not a lot of news to keep up with, but it's at least important to know what that news means. So I try to break down into it a little bit further for you, especially taking context away from the first game. The biggest piece of news just to watch for is Porzingis, unless we get any new news, but I don't expect anything major to change here. It seems like unless something comes out of the blue, that everything that we are seeing right now is fine. Glenn Robinson, the third is still, I believe, injured for the 76ers, not going to have him for a little while. So that's another thing to point out. And then you obviously know if you've been paying attention that Ben Simmons is not playing for the Sixers, Bojan Bogdanovich is not in the bubble, all those types of things. So heading into the target offense sheet now. So we're heading into the target offense sheet. And we're just going to look at some of the pace metrics, some of these team totals. I mean, you see the first one, these first games so far, every single day have just been absolutely disgusting. Toronto versus Brooklyn, 11 point favorites for Toronto, a 118.75 team implied total. The good thing for which you saw to the last game was even in a blowout. And I know that Brooklyn made it close in the third quarter to start the fourth quarter, right? They got it within, I think nine at one point, maybe seven, if I missed the basket in between there while I was working and watching the game at the same time. But I know it was nine within one point after being down by 30 in the first half. So pretty nice comeback from them. They just couldn't come all the way back. And that's really hard to do, especially when Toronto puts a guy in like Pascal Siakam back on the court when they weren't thinking they were going to play him in the fourth quarter. He comes out for like a four or five minute run in the fourth quarter. And then they take the lead back in a comfortable way with a 20 plus point win. But what you saw here from Toronto was just absolutely unreal. Like today, a lot of their players are priced down, maybe could potentially because you think, and at least DraftKings thinks they might sit their starters. But let's just look at what happened yesterday. And the big thing was that you actually had Brooklyn come back yesterday, but I'm not expecting a 30 point blowout. They're 11 point underdogs. They're not 30 point underdogs here. But even a game where Brooklyn was still down by 30 for most of the first half, they were down by the mid 20s for most of the third quarter. And then at best, they were down by 10. You saw guys like Kyle Lowry play 38 minutes. You saw a guy who was very hot. He was the first Toronto player ever to go for 30 and 10 being 30 points and 10 assists in a playoff game in Fred Van Vliet. He played 39 minutes. You saw OG and Anobi play 34. Siakam and Marcus all were the starters who got hit by just a blowout run the most here. You saw Pascal Siakam only play 31 and a half minutes, only played like a couple of minutes in the fourth quarter to really get the lead back into their hand. So I think that you're going to see Siakam play 36 plus minutes is where I'll project him at. Marcus all only played 20.6 minutes. You had Serge Ibaka come in for his normal run at the end of the third quarter, and then Gasol just never returned for his fourth quarter run. But based on what Marcus all played in the first half of the game and what he was going to trend to play, Marcus Gasol was going to play at least 26 minutes and more likely 28 to 30 minutes in this game if it stayed close. So projecting Marcus all for 28 minutes today, maybe that's a little bit bold, but honestly, I don't think it's that much. If you just look at his first half run, he was going to play 29 or 30 minutes. So that looks pretty good for today. All of Toronto looks fantastic. It's just a matter of does the game stay close enough for them to stay in the court. But even in a game that ended up being a blowout in the last one, you only saw guys come off the court for the final three minutes or so of the game. Lowry and Fred Van Vliet were going to play 40 months plus minutes in that last game. So once you see my early interest, I took about two guys from each team for the most part. And I like a lot more than that, right? On a four game slate, I'm probably going to show you about 20 to 22 names, but in a player pool, it's going to be closer to like 40 names, if not more. So if you want my final interest, that's what will be on Patreon projections, value rankings, all that stuff is linked up down below. But for right now, what my early interests are going to show is like two guys from each team for the most part. And then I got to Toronto and it's hard not to like all of them. I'm going to like every single one of the starters. They're underpriced for guys that are going to go out there if the game stays somewhat competitive and all the starters are probably going to play outside of, let's just say, Marcus Gasol, who plays 28 or so. The rest of the starters, OG, Siakam, Brett Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, they're all going to push for 38 minutes. OG and Anobi was going to play 37 or so if the game stayed close. He played 34. You had Siakam barely playing in the fourth quarter, getting pulled at the end of the third quarter. He was going to play 36 plus. And then we know the guards just always play 36 plus in 
the regular season. And they both played 38 plus in this game without even playing the last two and a half to three and a half minutes of the game. So all of Toronto looks good today, including Serge Ibaka off the bench, who played 25 and a half minutes off the bench in the last game. Now, I think if this game, if you got Marcus Gasol's normal run in the fourth quarter, you probably get Ibaka only playing, let's just say 20 minutes to Marcus Gasol's 28 or a 26, 22 split. It seems like Gasol's the guy that they started with. And the same thing happened last year in the playoffs. He played 28 and a half minutes per game in the first round of the playoffs last year. So it seems like it's going to be Gasol, who's the center that you want to own between the two of them. But Ibaka off the bench is still going to be in play because he's just cheap and he's still going to see 20 plus minutes a night with upside to those minutes in a blowout run like you saw in the last game or potential foul trouble for Marcus Gasol. All that to say, pretty much all of Toronto is in play for me today. They're five starters and Serge Ibaka off the bench. They're all going to look pretty good at that point. And then on the Brooklyn side of it, yeah, I like this as well. Karis LeVert is going to push for 38 minutes again. He's going to have to stay out there for that much. And if he's averaging close to 1.3 fantasy points per minute in this bubble and with no the Kyries and Dimwitties and Torreon Prince and all these guys on the court, if he's going to average close to that number, it's going to look very good. Joe Harris's price point, I think barely changes for a guy who played 33 minutes. And these guys were getting pulled with like four minutes left in the game, I believe. They all got pulled with about three and a half, four minutes. Yeah, three minutes and 53 seconds. They get pulled out of the game. And at that point, you have the Vert playing 35 and a half minutes, Joe Harris playing 33, Allen playing 34. So in a close game that comes down to the wire, maybe they lose a minute somewhere else in the second or third quarter. A lot of these Brooklyn starting players, you see Temple played 35 and a half. They're all going to play like 36 minutes. Every single guy outside of Kuru's who started as sort of a spot start, split a lot of time with really everybody after that. Tyler Johnson, Chioza came off. Uh, TLC was playing very well. He was extremely hot, like 20 plus points in the first half. But you're going to get the rest of them to play huge minutes. And they're all priced, honestly, too cheap for the minutes that they'll likely see. So I like Karis LeVert. I like Joe Harris again. I think Garrett Temple is at least decent value on this slate. Jared Allen's probably the guy who comes in least for me just because of the matchup he'll be going up against. But I don't think that's a terrible option as sort of a contrarian take. So that's a game that I like with the highest overall game total and really team total on the slate, second highest game total with the pace being the highest. That's why we broke so much into it. Fastest pace game, 104.62 possessions per team is what I'm projecting here. Fantastic matchup for all these Toronto guys with the minutes they're playing. But really the big men in Siakam, Gasol, and Ibaka are going to thrive against this Brooklyn team that just has no depth. It's Jaron Allen and then it's Kuru's. And then it's like six minutes of probably Donta Hall today. Other than that, just naturally TLC is going to have to play a lot of four minutes. Uh, Garrett Temple might have to play some four. Like they're naturally going to play smaller, which is just going to help this bigger Toronto team down low. The second highest team total in the late game slate on the night, the last one on the night, 9 p.m. Clippers versus Dallas, six and a half point favorites are the Clippers. They might've lost that game if Porzingis doesn't get thrown out. They're up by five in the third quarter, whatever it was. They have a 118 and a half overall team total. You're just going to get huge minutes here. 38 minutes out of Paul George and Kawhi in the last game. You saw Lou will go for 30 plus minutes. So I like all that. Kawhi's at 10K. You can get to him. I like probably we'll get to the early interest, but Paul George price tag still in the 8K range for a guy who's going to see like 1.25 fantasy points per minute when he's on the court for 38 minutes, probably like the last game is if it's still competitive. Lou will going from like his limited minutes of 20 to 25 to now playing 31 in that last game. I gave him 30, I believe 30 or 32 for this one off to double check, but I gave him that much minutes and he looks very good. Even if I nerf his fantasy point per minute production down to like 0.95 fantasy points per minute, because for the most part, the entire game he'll be playing alongside since they stagger the minutes of Paul George and Kawhi. He won't be the main producer on the court, but he will for a little bit of spurts being the ball dominant guard that he is. So I do like Lou Williams a lot. Pat Beverly only played about 20 minutes, seemed pretty limited. I gave him 22 minutes and he just looks like so-so value. It lacks the ceiling if he's not going to play more than that at that point. On the Dallas side, Luca looks great. They ended up pulling up the price point and Luca always looks great. They ended up pulling up the price point of Kristaps to a point where he doesn't look as good. But as of right now, and some things can change, of course, but a little sneak peek behind the curtain on Patreon, my number one value play on the day is Seth Curry. Seth Curry at just $3,600 played 30 plus minutes in the last game. I gave Seth Curry, I think 29 minutes in this game. Maybe no, I gave him 30 minutes in this game. He projects out for 22.93 fantasy points. That would be my number one play on the day point per dollar wise. He's just too much involved into this offense. He will do a little bit more as well for 
you than just spot up shooting like some of the guys like Danny Green like we saw for value yesterday so I think that's a decent spot to be looking at I'll also call out that a lot of the Toronto guys are up there in value Marcus All, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet all these guys right now for me are my top 15 in value and the more you go down you start to even see more of them in my top 20 to top 25 today so a lot of the Toronto guys are looking good if you want to see the rest of the values and really who's all up there and guys that I'm definitely going to be liking these are not going to change all that much some things will change as I change the minutes or if the Vegas odds change before the game start but for the most part this is how it's going to be locked in I'm liking what I'm seeing right now a lot of the guys that are on early interest are in here but not all of them that's the whole point of getting onto the Patreon but with that said let's move on to the early interest so you can kind of see a glimpse at what I'm doing today so far so here are our early interests and today I've got about 22 names on this and the early interests are sponsored today and as they have been for the NBA playoffs so far by Monkey Knife Fight promo code Sal NFL saw a couple of you people I think five people signed up yesterday Sal NFL one word S-A-L NFL if you're listening on the podcast and can't see it on the screen right now on YouTube you'll get five free dollars to play on Monkey Night Fight if you're not familiar Monkey Night Fight is a fantasy format based prop betting site pretty much for the most part they have more or less props so do you think for example Pascal Siakam scores 40 fantasy points today something along those lines over under my projections will actually help you out on DraftKings very similar format for that so you can get an idea for it but that's the whole premise of it but you get five bucks no nothing needed right no credit card information I don't believe There's just no minimum deposit. Use the promo code SoundFL. Five dollars is in your account. You can have a nice free prop bet. If you want to go in and you want to make a little parlay kind of thing and do a three-legged one, you can try and hit uh, and get a little bit of a bankroll going just totally for free on the site credit that you'll roll over, and then you can actually use in real life and go and pay your groceries or go and get yourself a nice case of crafty old beer or whatever it might be, whiskey, whatever it might be your drink of choice. And if you're not a drinker, go get yourself a nice Gatorade, whatever it might be. I don't know. But anyways, monkey knife fight, you get five dollars for free using the promo code SalNFL, all one word. But if you deposit, if you deposit, this is where it gets interesting you deposit ten dollars the minimum they'll give you an extra ticket to a contest so it's like you have another just bet right there you already get the five dollars for free and then you'll get my supreme draft guide which if you're playing fantasy football anytime soon whether you're drafting tomorrow or you're drafting sometime in the next three weeks that's the supreme draft guide is meant to help you and assist you before your draft for prep but really during the draft when you got the minute or two minutes on the clock and helps you make your decisions rankings tiers top 150s key stats databases player profiles of 150 or so players or so and even more continuously being added as i have somebody helping me with some more tight end profiles this week will be up by later this week by friday hopefully all that stuff you'll get the supreme draft guide check it out spent loads of time and still i'm spending time on it really want to make sure it's the best guide and best gear and best tool for you for your draft promo code sal nfl get you all of that if you indeed follow along everything can be linked up down below to find more details on it so i have this filtered by teams karis lavert a guy who plays 35 and a half minutes in a game he doesn't step on the court for the final three minutes he is the gunner on this team you have joe harris who's the best just three-point shooter on this team and arguably as he was last year in the league last year percentage-wise but a guy in Karis LeVert at 8200 the price point just doesn't come up enough. You see guys like Donovan Mitchell's price point soaring. You see a guy in Christoph Porzingis who only played a half pretty much before getting thrown out, price point soaring. And LeVert just goes up by what? $300, $200, barely goes up for a guy who's going to see 1.3 fantasy point per minute production, going to see around a 30 plus percent usage rate, similar assist percentage, and he's now going to see the biggest minutes of his career where he's going to see in a competitive game 35 minutes even if he gets pulled, but the upside of 38 to 40. I like it a lot. Joe Harris's price point only moves $300. Look, Joe Harris is, is going to be reliant on shooting, but he's also a guy who was playing some four last game. He was getting rebounds playing the four as I was watching the game because they just don't have depth. And he's actually a decent sized player. The issue with him playing the four to an extent is he's a pretty much a stretch four. He wants to hover around the three point line and he's going to be a good three point shooter. You can actually rely on Harris more than a lot of these other guys out there just to knock down threes. Now, sure, once in a while, he'll go one of six, one of seven from three. But if he's going to attempt six to eight shots, you feel pretty good about his percentage just historically being up there with some of the best in the game right now in your Clay Thompson's when he's healthy, Steph Curry's, those types of guys. Emma Walker, 
Cooper season's fantasy point per minute production go from about 1.15 on the season to over 1.2 when there's no Gordon Hayward on the court. I gave him the split difference because he's struggling a little bit right now, but even with him not playing full minutes like his other teammates to the 38-40 minute range, 35 minutes at Kemba at $6,800 and a matchup where he looked pretty dominant last game, getting to the line a whole lot and he looked fresh. He looked good. I wouldn't be shocked to see 36 plus minutes out of him if the game stays competitive, which the Vegas odds say that it will. I like Kemba there, but the big bump up is going to have to be from Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart plays 32 minutes off the bench and now you don't have Gordon Hayward for the next month. So Gordon Hayward is hoping that he can come back for at that point, probably the finals, right? The Eastern Conference finals, probably by that point, the end of the Eastern Conference finals. The big thing for Marcus Smart is that his minutes are going to go from 32 to at least 36 and likely 38 to 40 minutes today. Marcus Smart's fantasy point per minute production when there is no Gordon Hayward also goes up a little bit. He's like a 0.8 guy in the season. It goes up to 0.86. He gets an 18.6% usage rate. He sees close to a 20% assist percentage. Kemba's assist percentage goes to about 27%. His usage rate goes to 28 and a half in about 830 minutes without Gordon Hayward. Smart sample is 922 without Gordon Hayward on the court. So you're getting just more minutes out of Smart with the price point not changing all that much. I think it went up like what, $100. So I like Marcus Smart there for $5,600. Looks like one of the better value options. Right now for me, Marcus Smart ranks out as my overall 11th play on the slate, but that's factoring in a couple of shaky value pieces that I don't expect to get to. They're just really cheap in that 3K range. So they pop up a little bit. In Dallas, I don't have to really explain to you. Luka Dantic, 42 points was the record for a guy making his playoff debut. If Kristoff's is out for some reason, I'm not expecting it. Even better, if Kristoff's is in, that's fine. You're going to get your 1.65 fantasy points per minute. According to NBA WoW, you're going to get all that stuff out of him. So I think that's completely fine. The guy that I do like though is Seth Curry. I mean, it's really hard not to like Seth Curry at this point at $3,600. Again, he's my number one value play. Even if you give Seth Curry 28 minutes, he still pops up as a very good value play just because of the price tag that you're looking at. Seth Curry on the season is a 0.83 fantasy point per minute producer in over 1,600 minutes of play. And he's been pretty damn good. 18% usage rate is pretty good for a $3,600 guard who is going to be reliant on the three-point shooting, of course, but it's not something that I'm too concerned about. He'll pick up some assists. His assist percentage around 11%, obviously not ideal, but it is something that will be there for a couple extra dimes and dishes. You want the three-point shots. You want the overall score out of him at $3,600. He's probably going to be owned, but if he's not extremely owned, it's worth taking the risk. Maxi Kleber worth pointing out. I'm not sure he plays 30 plus minutes again if Kristoff's is healthy, but if you get 26 to 28 minutes out of him, same exact price point as Seth Curry. Potentially, if you had Kleber not getting owned and Seth Curry was getting the most ownership on the slate or something like that, it's a really nice pivot to go to the exact same price point on the exact same team for some ownership leverage. I think it's a decent option. I have him projected for 29 minutes of play and 20 fantasy points today. So he's going to pop off a little bit for me there. I might juice that down by like one or two minutes if indeed once we get Kristaps ruled in. Next up you have Denver. I think Nikola Jokic is fine today. He's priced back up to where he wasn't in the last game. He's like over a thousand dollars more expensive. Jeremy Grant's interesting and so is Paul Millsap. They play the same position though so I only want to play one of them in a lineup. They pretty much cut into each other's time for the most part. But keep in mind Jeremy Grant played over I think 34-35 minutes in the last game in regulation but he was on the court in the third quarter when Denver was making a huge run. So Denver was on the court. They're making a huge run and he ends up staying on the court for probably like an additional four minutes or so. So although I think Jeremy Grant probably pushes for 30 plus minutes it is going to be a little bit skeptical because the run that Denver ends up going on in the third quarter, you see that Jeremy Grant comes onto the court and he plays pretty much the entire third quarter. He just misses the first 35 seconds of the third quarter, but then he plays the rest of it. Denver goes on a 6-0 run at that point and they actually take a decent size lead. Then later on, Utah ties the game up. Paul Millsap checks in. So I'm not sure if that's the run that allowed him to stay on the court a little bit more, but either way, you saw Jeremy Grant in regulation play about 35 minutes in the last game. I projected him today for 33 to 32. So Paul Millsap played 30 minutes and did not play in overtime. So they went with Jeremy Grant there. He closed out the game. So it's at least something to note. I might actually give Jeremy Grant an extra minute seeing that he closed out the game here. You saw guys closing out the game that were just very odd names. PJ Dozier closes out the game. Monte Morris, they go very small here. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and Jeremy Grant. So definitely something to take away from that one. So I do prefer Jeremy Grant for $300 more than Millsap. 
But Middlesat at 4,300, if he plays 30 minutes again, or even if he just plays 26 to 28, it's still a fair price point for him. I think that that's fine. Going over to Utah now, look, Jordan Clarkson's too cheap at $4,700. Clarkson in the last game, he played 39.1 minutes if you count overtime. So he played 34 minutes otherwise. I've met 33 projected minutes today, a 0.97 fantasy point per minute producer. One, you have no Bojan or Mike Conley on the court. Hard to ignore at 4,700. He can really break the slate. And then Royce O'Neal, not a lot of you are going to like this, but Royce O'Neal only plays 26.8 minutes in the last game, but a lot of that had to do with foul trouble. He played nine minutes and 22 seconds in the first quarter, and then he ends up playing about seven minutes in the second quarter. So he was on place to pay about 33 minutes or so in this game. The issue was he comes and he picks up his third personal foul. I believe actually it was his fourth personal foul midway through the third quarter. We don't see him until midway through the fourth quarter where he picks up another personal foul and comes out yet again and then doesn't play overtime. So Royce O'Neal probably misses out in this game on six or seven minutes. He only scores like 14 fantasy points. So I'm not jumping up and down for him. He's just a 3K option. I prefer Seth Curry, but if today is going to be the day that Seth Curry is 55% owned and Royce O'Neal due to his stinker last game is let's just say 17% owned, 15% owned. Yeah, that's an obvious pivot option for $100 more to Royce O'Neal. Paul George, if you're looking at Paul George and this Clippers team in general, their point per minute production is all over the place because there's a huge span where Kawhi doesn't play or he rests. There's a huge span at the beginning of the year where Paul George was injured or he's resting, right? So their fantasy point per minute production is a little bit skewed. I have Paul George at about a 1.25 fantasy point per minute producer today. I have Kawhi around a 1.33. So Paul George at $8,600, he grades out very similar, like three fantasy points less than Kawhi for about 47 fantasy points. I like that a lot. He's probably my favorite clipper, but so is Lou Williams. 1.65x multiplier in Superdraft looks pretty decent. $5,300 Lou looks very good today. I give him 31 minutes. He played that in the last game. He can get even more than that. And he's obviously a fantasy point per minute producer or more if he's on the court just with one of Kawhi and Paul George, which should be the case for most of the time today. I don't know how Tobias Harris got on this list. That's an absolute accident. That's the name supposed to be Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, I don't want to jump up and down for him. I prefer the guys from the Clippers so far today, but Joel Embiid did play huge minutes. I think 38 minutes in that last game, even if I give him just 36 today, he grades out as an okay play. There's just nobody on Boston. They had to put Ennis Cantor out there for 10 minutes. They tried Robert Williams for 12 minutes. They tried, I mean, Daniel Tice couldn't play that many minutes, 24, because he just matched up terribly against Joel Embiid. So I think Embiid's fine. I prefer Luka Dantic, probably. That's kind of close. I prefer the guys from the Clippers, definitely Paul George for the price savings, but I probably prefer Embiid to Jokic now that they're similar price points. So I will put Embiid on here. I like Alec Burks maybe the most. I think Burks played about 27 and a half minutes in the last game, but it seemed like he was the only guy willing to take the shot. Josh Richardson at times took the shot and he made a couple of big threes at some points. I think he made three or four threes and they all seem to be pretty meaningful in that game. But Alec Burks down the stretch is somebody that Philadelphia was trusting. I gave him 28 minutes today. I don't really want to play his 1.75x multiplier on Superdraft, but the fact that he's $4,600 on DraftKings and hopefully not going to pick up ownership makes for a sneaky play. I think they were looking for offense. They were looking for a spark. Outside of Joel Embiid, it's just not working out. Josh Richardson on the outside is not going to be enough from the shooters. Tobias Harris only contributing like 14 points in the last game is not going to be enough. So Harris has to pick it up. A guy in Al Horford did all that he could honestly playing 31 minutes. So Richardson's going to have to be as he was last game taking more shots. So he's fine at $5,100. He has a sneaky upside at 1.8x on Superdraft. Not sure if I get there though, but it's at least sneaky. So I like Alec Burks, Richardson, and Joel Embiid from this team. Yes, I do think Tobias Harris has a ceiling and can get there at $7,700, especially if there's a little bit more pressure on him now after not performing in that first game. It's been so lukewarm really this whole entire season for Philadelphia. But those are the three guys I would stick to. And then you get to Toronto. I've already expressed my concerns or my interest, really, my positive concerns uh, about Toronto today. They're all going to play huge minutes and they're priced as if they're going to be in a blowout and just play normal regular season run. 
Kyle Lowry's price where he normally plays is 35 to 36 minutes in the regular season, and he's going to play 40 in a somewhat competitive game today if it stays there. And don't tell me this game's definitely going to a blow up because of the last game. I understand we got to see these teams playing. It was not pretty, but we also got to see Orlando just beat as 12, actually 13 and a half point underdogs that closed at Milwaukee, the number one team. Again, it's not the exact same because they're obviously not the same teams. And we got to see these teams go up against each other in the first game. But if you're telling me that you're expecting 20 point blowouts every single game in the series, it could happen. Of course, Brooklyn is very depleted, but I'm not going to bank on that and especially go against Vegas all that much. So if this game stays close, you're getting probably 40 minutes out of Lowry, 40 minutes out of Van Vliet, 36 to 38 out of Siakam, right? You're probably getting 30 or close to it out of Gasol, 36 to 38 out of OG and Anobi. All these guys are way too cheap for that. They're pretty much priced for their blowout run, aka their regular season run. So even if you get 36 minutes out of Lowry and Van Vliet at those price tags, they still look like they can pay them off for you. Even if you only get 33 to 34 minutes out of Siakam at that price tag, he can look like he can pay it off for you, right? So they're priced as if the blowout's going to happen, which, okay, you're taking a lot of risk out of it then. And now if the blowout doesn't happen, which we're not expecting the blowout to happen every single time, right? An 11 point spread. It didn't happen yesterday's game. If it doesn't happen, you're getting full run out of all these guys. So yeah, I listed all five of their starters and Ibaka off the bench, their best bench player, because man, oh man, they're all way too cheap. And I think they're all strongly in play today. They're all cracking like my top 25s. Most of them are cracking my top 15s and like two or three are cracking my top 10 plays in the day. So thank you for tuning in. That's about 22 early interest. That's a very good breakdown of the slate. If you will, I spent a lot of time doing the minutes today. Hopefully you enjoyed this video. Please do before you go hit that like button for me. Big old subscribe button if you're still here. Check out Superdraft and check out Monkey Knife Fight, the proud sponsors of today's show. Superdraft, 50% deposit match up to $1,000 if you use the promo code SAL, that is S A L. Monkey Knife Fight, you get the free $5, an extra ticket if you deposit, and my Supreme Draft Guide once you play $2 of a non promotional balance using the promo code SAL NFL, that is S A L NFL. Check out Patreon for my final interest, all of my projections and rankings every single day for these slates. Golf content will be up there as well. And then you'll see in three weeks, the NFL is back with NFL DFS content on Patreon as well as YouTube here. So thank you so much. I appreciate all of you on the YouTube. Peace out gang to you. Appreciate all of you on the podcast. Hope you all have a great day and I'll see you in the next one.